Hello, and welcome to the Short Story Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Wolfrey. We have a wonderful story for you to listen to. But first, I would like to tell you a little bit about how the show works. You know, this being our first podcast. The reason why we're doing this podcast is because lots of folks who are writing short stories and have no way to get them out there. Well, we've got a way to do that with this podcast. One of my interests are for short stories, especially. And I want to help writers. Any writer who wants or needs recognition for their works. And also a chance to have their stories published out into the world for thousands or potentially millions of listeners, including book publishers and agents and the like. This podcast is free for anyone to listen to, but donations are needed to keep us afloat. Uh, Let's see here. Okay, we've got it, and here we go. This story is written by the very talented Kathleen Shapona and narrated by Ben Wolfrey. The party was in full swing when I arrived. Most of the crowd were from my rowing club, catching up and swapping rowing stories. A few of us were standing in a small circle, enjoying a glass of wine and chatting, when Jonathan, our team captain, joined us. Did you hear about Allison? No. What happened to her? I inquired. She took out one of the small wooden rowboats two days ago and hasn't returned. We sent a search party out but haven't found her or the boat yet. That's awful. What do you think happened? Who knows? No one has heard from her. And she hasn't returned. That's all we know, Jonathan replied. My friend Bobby was listening and rarely said much, but eyes wide, he piped in on what his thoughts were about what he thought happened. She rowed the boat into another time. One day she'll return. They all do. Huh? What are you saying, Bobby? I ask. Haven't you ever heard about the San Francisco fog mysteries? No, all said unanimously. There have been times when the fog is so thick that it hides everything. And if you're unfortunate enough to be out on the bay when this happens, the fog takes whoever is caught into another time and dimension. Everyone either rolled their eyes or started to laugh before Jonathan asked, Right, and where did you hear about these mysteries? My great-uncle told me about it on his deathbed. He might have been delusional if he were on his deathbed. So what makes you believe whatever story he told you was true? My great-uncle needed to confess a secret that he held about the famous escape from Alcatraz. What was his confession? Can you reveal it now that he's gone? Well, I can, but I don't know if you'll believe me. Well, let's hear it anyway, I piped in. The date was June 11th, 1962 when three convicted bank robbers successfully escaped 
the maximum security prison on Alcatraz. They had planned every detail, right down to the papier-mâché heads that they left on their beds. Dug holes through the concrete wall for weeks and made a boat from stolen raincoats. They successfully made their way to the water and began to blow their hot breath into the sewed-up raincoats, making them buoyant for the water. My uncle said that the water was bone-chilling cold, and the three men weren't sure if they could be able to survive those chilly waters. But it was either fight for your life, kicking, or die. They made it halfway toward San Francisco when a thick fog began rolling in off the water and completely engulfed them. After a few minutes of this thick mist, a break in the fog opened up, and they could see the beach and a boat landing. Now kicking even harder, they were almost there. Looking back, the fog was gone, and very few lights across the bay to Alcatraz, just the lighthouse flashing as it usually does. They arrived on the beach while it was still dark. The men stole clothes from a laundry room at the prison and shoes from the infirmary that were left behind, stuffing everything into a plastic bag. Making their way past the beach under a small bridgeway, they changed their clothes. None of them recognized the city. It looked old and sparse. The first sign of the sun was coming up, and they needed to steal some food before they made their way to the train station. They spotted a closed supply store, broke a window, and quickly gathered a few things to eat. Some newspapers had just been delivered earlier and stacked outside the door, with no word of their escape. One of the men quickly stuffed one of the newspapers down his trousers before leaving. When they were out of view from the supply store, the man who had the newspaper opened it and started reading, trying to see if their escape had hit the papers yet. He got a little confused at the information printed on the newspaper. The date printed was June 12, 1880, and there was an article about the President of the United States, President Rutherford B. Hayes. But the year was 1962, and the President was John F. Kennedy. Hayes was President in 1880. We were all listening intently, unsure what to make of what Bobby was saying. But Jonathan spoke first. Wait a minute. Are you saying that these three guys time-traveled to 1880? That's exactly what I'm saying, but let me finish the story. The men scratched their heads, trying to figure out what happened, but there was nothing about their escape, not one word. They made their way to the train station, hoping to sneak on a boxcar heading for the Carolinas, which they did. After arriving there, and checking out their surroundings, they knew they were no longer in the 20th century. And they didn't have to look over their backs for cops. Each changed their name, got a job, 
and found love, except for one. He was secretly married. Back in his time, when he was incarcerated, his wife knew about the planned escape. She said she would wait for him in the Carolinas. After a few years of living in the past, the man wanted to go home to his wife. But he knew if he got caught, he would go back to jail for the rest of his life. But he was willing to take that sacrifice, everything, to see her again. If he had the chance, he decided to take a boat out on the ocean, mainly to clear his head. And once there, that usual thick fog set in, just like it did that night in the San Francisco Bay. When he returned to shore, he saw his surroundings had changed, and he was now back in his time. He had changed his name, and though it was two years later, his wife was still waiting. He located her, had a new name, got a job, started a family, where they lived out the rest of their days in South Carolina. No one ever knew what happened to the three men. Aren't you from South Carolina, Bobby? asked one of the friends. Yep, born and raised. Well, where does your great uncle come into the picture? What was it he confessed? asked Jonathan. My great uncle was Frank Morris. He was one of the men who escaped from Alcatraz and was never found. True story. Our eyes bulged with shock. Could that possibly be true? They never found them or their dead bodies. Some thought they had escaped to the mountains. But back in those days, you could hide a lot easier than you can today. Hmm. I don't know, Bobby. Maybe your great-uncle was just telling stories. It sounds like it's a little far-fetched. Time travel, really? Jonathan responded. I guess we'll never know for sure, answered Bobby. The subject was changed, and we each went on to talk to others at the party. A week later, I was walking along Fort Mason Pier, and that thick fog was laying a blanket of white on the bay again. When I spotted Allison rowing her boat, dressed in turn-of-the-century clothing, I was so excited and happy that she was alive. I, I yelled to her, Where have you been? Everyone has been looking for you. And why are you dressed like that? She grinned and said, Have I got a story for you? Thank you for listening to this story, The Fog, written by Kathleen Shapona, and narrated by Ben Wolfrey. Any comments that you may have on the story, please email me at voicechoice.1 at aol.com. Thank you again, and good night.